Hello, welcome. It's um, yeah, it's January. It's Yorkshire Grip. It is. Um, it's cold outside. It's minus two. Um, the nights uh, are getting darker. Well, no, they're getting a bit lighter now. Um, so for I do a podcast. Um, can't do it in the studio, so I've got to do it at home. Um, bit of improv. Uh, but Lee Stevens has really uh, Stevenson, sorry, has really kindly driven over from Beverly. I think you're the first. East Yorkshire lad. That's good to know, mate. Um, there's no snow on the road. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. Beverly Road. Um, no, but thank you very much for, um, thanks for driving over. Uh, thanks for um, reaching out. And we've been chatting a little bit, little, yeah. you know, back and forth. Um, you've got a really, um, you know, I, I, I don't know much about PTSD. I kind of um, looked it up earlier. I thought I knew about it, but obviously you only think of flashbacks, yeah. anger, um, nightmares. Is nightmares? Yeah, 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 nightmares, yeah. A little bit of that. So, um, but anyway, look, um, yeah, thanks for coming over. And um, if you could just kind of, I don't know, you know, take your time, tell us, you know, give us a little bit of info, how it, um, the police, yeah. um, how it came about, um, how you got from where it started and your journey in the police really yeah no problem um firstly yeah thanks for having me appreciate it um and yeah um i suppose i'm a bit different to your usual um guest um because i'm i'm not famous mate. i'm not famous by no stretch of the imagination but yeah um was a police officer uh not anymore and we'll obviously discuss how i got to that point um, but was for uh, nigh on 23 years, I think it was in total. Um, joined North Yorkshire Police, uh, never wanted to be a cop, was not one of these kids that was at school thinking that, you know, I want to change the world, I want to be a policeman, because um, I didn't. Um, I just saw it advertised and thought I'd go for it. Because uh, I needed a, a job with a bit of security, so because it's hard to get into now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, at the time I joined the fire service at eighteen. Um, my uh, it's homicide fire and rescue, and my local station had become re- uh, retained, basically part time station. So you could do a job and be a fireman on like a pager. So I I joined up for that. I quite fancied it. Um, so I did that till I was, um, what was I, 23. And then I, I needed, I, I'm thinking I need some full time, I need some security. This is a, a part time job, if you like. Um, so yeah, I applied. I saw it come up and it is. it was difficult, but I would say that the fire service had allowed me to gain some skills, life skills, that in interview in the police assisted me massively to getting in. Because, of course, I'd experienced this and that in, in the fire service. So, yeah, it was difficult. I was fortunate I got in. Um, went on the beat like everybody does when they join. Um, the beat. Yeah, you know, your big tall hat. Um, yeah. What's that like? <sighs> Does it because uh, the, the police have um, there's been something on the news at the moment about like the vetting process isn't strong enough and 
Um, it's all about they're, they're trying to look at people because it, you get power, don't you, instantly? Yeah, you do, mate. Uh, and anybody that says, you, you know, that you don't, you, you do. You, you can take people's lib- liberty away, can't you, in a heartbeat. Um, and it was a bit crazy. Um, and do you think people who don't have... I don't know. Do you think people? Do you think people who don't have power, and do you think people who maybe did get bullied a bit? Do you think they do want to become police? It's funny you should say that. I was just going to say that. Were you? I was going to say that, and and I worked with some top top guys who were fair as anything when it came to dealing with people. Do you know what I mean? They would rather not arrest you if it was possible. I.e., you know, can we take this drunk home? Get him home. They don't need to get locked up. So I worked with a wide scope, but I also worked with people that I did used to think, was you bullied or something yeah. as a kid? And you've decided now I'm going to join the police. So can I ask you a question? Go for it. If I was on my phone, because I'm on nine points at the moment. Right. <laughs> Keeps me up at night. Fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I was on my phone and I still go on my phone now while I'm driving, I shouldn't. Don't. I know, I know. Um, If you were a policeman and you saw me and I was on my phone, but it was an emergency, mum had hospital, um, life-threatening, had to do the, yeah, got to be on this phone. And if you pulled me over, son, on your phone, like, and I explained it, what what would you do? If we could, you know, establish that that was the truth, because you got to bear with us that there's some people that will say absolutely anything. Oh yeah, of course. To, to, to get out of it. Um, but if that's if that if that was me and you told me that and I was happy that yeah that is what's happened, you you wouldn't be getting points from me. No. I would be giving you hard word to say, look, mate, you've been fortunate today, but that doesn't mean that the cop that stops you three weeks time he won't care less maybe that your mum's in hospital. Yeah. So, because I often wonder about that. I often wonder about, you know, you know these. I almost see some policemen as overly aggressive bouncers who who just look for. Yeah, I mean, it's like any profession, isn't it? You could have a manager at, at a super. I've worked at a supermarket as sixteen year old kid. You could have a manager that was was great, and then you got one who must have thought he had all the power in the world because he was the manager mm. of a Safeway superstore. I get that in the police, it, you know, you get all kinds, but we only have to look at the the news with cops getting um, charged with offences of rape and all kinds of stuff. And there is, is, there, is there a lot of bent coppers, like line of jury? No, I, I never, ever in 23 years came across anything like that. Because is it easy to, is it easy to make money on the side? I suppose it's happened. Because you could... People have seized drugs and never... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you were to raid... Cause when I was in the rooms, recovery rooms, there was a, a policewoman who was an addict and she... Obviously, I'm not naming her name, but she said she was a fully functioning addict and she was a police officer. She used every day. Uh, this is, you know... And she would... They would seize... Yeah. You know, run in, smash the doors down. They'd yeah. run all over the house to look for it. One officer was downstairs, one was upstairs, one was upstairs. And if she found it, she would only, she'd quickly stuff it up a jumper and only say, oh, we've only took this much. This is this is all there was here. Yeah, and 
at the end of the that day. That must go on. Yeah, and I think we'd be naive to sit here and say it doesn't, and it's been, it has happened because uh, cops have gone to prison for it. Yeah. Um, they've, they've been found guilty of it. So, yeah, because it, I'm sure it does happen. Yeah, because uh, if I saw cash, like a wad of cash in a, in a shoebox, it's gonna take a it's gonna take a strong person to not think yeah, yeah. I'll take a bit of that. Well, I know of you know bobbies who have been called to an address, uh, welfare for whoever lived there. Get there, it's an old boy, deceased, and it's literally the the old thing of all his money's under the mattress type scenario, and a lot of money, a lot of money, and I know of you know, situations where cops have looked at that and said to themselves, I could take 30 grand now, nobody would know, put 50 in, whatever, I'll, I'll take 30. And they never did it. They never did it. The thought crossed their mind, because they're only human, aren't they? Of course they are. You know, they're only human. The thought crossed their mind, but they didn't do it. And that's the difference between, obviously, the good ones and the bad ones, isn't it? it's it's that temptation um because that's gonna that's a trickle effect if you start off doing that then yeah you, you once you've opened that door that you know things you, start to go bad don't they yeah you're gonna you're gonna go down the path then yeah temptation well i got away with it last time i'll do it again i'll do it again but ultimately mate that's usually how you get caught people get greedy don't they and that's how we end up locking up um people for whatever it is they're up to um most of the time they've got They've got greedy. I'm not talking your addicts that they just don't care how they get, how they steal or, you know, they, they just need it to get the next fix. I'm mm -hmm. talking about your big players um, who get caught, who are maybe running whatever it is they're running. They maybe get greedy and then they get caught. That's how they make the mistakes, you know? So talk us through, you know, some of the, you know, obviously all was fine and dandy at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, there was a few, you know, instant, you know, yeah. can you give us a, can you give us a, you know, a brief synopsis of, you know, this timeline and how yeah. it changed? Well, I joined, uh, I came off the beat. I joined the firearms special operations, um, which involved applying, uh, then doing a, a firearms course for, I can't even remember. I think it was about 12 weeks. Uh, you went away, learned tactics, all that stuff. Um, and I was on that unit for the majority of my career um and um everything great i loved it you, you know which when i was running around as a kid with a stick playing army i'm now on a on a unit where i'm driving fast cars i'm getting trained to the to the probably highest standard you can uh within that role and a lot of the money goes towards them departments because it's quite crucial so I was loving it. I was loving life. It was great. Um, you go to all kinds of jobs, Tommy, anything, everything and anything. And most things, yeah, water off a duck's back. I've seen it all before. You do become hardened to it. Um, you'd switch off to emotion. And then 2015, a particular job that I was sent to was a a report of a elderly female with a shotgun and um, believed to have taken her own life. We're talking a lady in her 70s, you know, um, so 
pretty bad, really, to be at that age. And it's, it's unusual at that yeah, age. Yeah, uh, so it was. Um, so I remember it as clear as day. We're, we're going down there, me and my oppo. In Hull, is this? No, no, this was thick and far in between. I think it was um, Skipton way on. Um, it, it was in middle of nowhere. And I remember it because it was a gorgeous day. So we're, we're driving there, um, sun shining. And you go into this job and I I liaised with my mate in the car and said, you know, one of us is going to have to uh, do a forensic recovery of the scene, i.e. get the shotgun, needs to be f- uh, photographed in situ by scenes of crime, all that stuff. So you're going to get pretty hands-on with the deceased and the weapon. He wasn't that keen, the lad I was with at the time. Why not? Why? Just on it. And I'm glad he's honest. You know, he said, I don't particularly want to do it. Maybe just, maybe a bad day. Maybe I didn't ask the question as to why. You know what I mean? Um, he was a good lad and I didn't question it. I just said, no problem. I'll, I'll deal with it. I'll sort it. So we rock up. Because only one of us has to do it. There's no rush now. I'm not being funny, but she's she's dead, isn't she? There's no rush at all. Um, so we rock up, scenes of crime there, blah, blah. And she's there, she's laid behind the shed where she's gone to and put it in her mouth and done it. With, Blow, blown the head off. Yeah, with a shotgun that her, it was a husband's shotgun. Was he alive? He was alive. Um, the story sort of unfolds as to why that she'd been um, suffering with, what was it now? She'd been suffering with, not, not like cancer or anything like that. I think it was the usual early signs of maybe the memory loss. I don't think she'd been diagnosed with anything, but I think it was getting quite bad, remembering things. So dementia maybe was was coming in. Can I, so, so she shot herself in the mouth with a shotgun? Yes. But that's... I'm just trying to... That's quite hard to do. Yeah, and as as a result... Surely it would be... Would it I, not be easier to go up through the bottom of your... She's attempted to do that. Um, she's she's pulled the trigger and managed it, but not uh, clean clean enough that she's dead. But yeah, uh, she's had to overstretch to reach that trigger. That's what, yeah. Yeah, but there's people that have survived that as a result of that. They've tried to pull the trigger and the guns moved slightly, maybe blown half the face off, but they're still alive. Fucking hell. She's she's done it, you know. She's been successful. Yeah, she's not she's not coming back from that. Um, And she's been suffering with, um, like I say, maybe the onset of dementia uh, that's come to light later on. So she's just had enough of it, basically. Uh, Anyway, she's ended it. And fucking hell, yeah. And I I found that quite not at the time um, because for me I had uh, my gear med on the same as you getting ready for a bike race or you get you get in that zone you, you get get ready for it yeah it's one of those that's gonna hit you and I, I don't know that's kind of hit me now that that it's the age and, and i when i look back now why because i've got a question why that job i've seen things that are horrific um like what well like what just just fights yeah fights um murder scenes um car crashes um you name it there's probably not hangings there's not a lot i haven't i i haven't seen really so do you think it's possible 
that this was like the uh, the topping. This 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 yeah. it was an accumulation of micro stresses yeah. and traumas. And it's been explained that that's why a diagnosis of complex PTSD as opposed to PTSD, where PTSD could be you being exposed to one incident. You go to the shop, you, you witness somebody murdered in front of you. That's one traumatic incident could cause PTSD. They say that complex is a multitude of incidents that all build up and up and up. And then like this job for me, it just, the cup's overflowing now. You know what I mean? There's, there's nowhere else for it to go. And when, when, when you arrive at a murder scene or a, you know, a suicide, you know, is it, um, because apart from, apart from, I think my auntie, I don't think I've seen someone dead, actually. When I try and, I don't think I've seen someone die. Is it quite, is it, do you become used to it? Or does it still, is it still quite, you know, the, you know, like the smell of blood I've heard is quite, you never forget the smell of. Yeah, you, you do become used to it, 100%. And I think the first, when you start that job, once you've been to your first one, there's a massive difference between your first sudden death where somebody's died peacefully in bed or on the sofa, you know, watching TV, all day has had a heart attack, what aneurysm, lights out, they don't know anything about it. It's nice, It's there's no mess, yeah? You'll then experience one where it's been in in a house for three weeks, four weeks, before anybody's even noticed those are the the smell of bodily fluids and a body decaying they never leave you ever no you know i can't my, my partner's asked me that what does it smell of you know and i can't even really say it's just once you've smelled it you know you know what i mean that's why we'd we'd have a sniff through the letterbox if we've been sent to a possible you know, somebody passed away because it's a good early indicator. You have a whiff through there. It's strong, mate. You know what I mean? So you know what you, and you do get used to it because if you don't, you're in the wrong line of job and you'll you'll have to leave, I would suggest, because you need to get used to it. And so I was used to it. But this particular woman. Yeah, I, I, I attended that, dealt with it. No dramas as far as I was concerned. Everything ticked off, um, forensically done, let's go. Then you move on to wherever we went next. And then within a very short space of time, I think maybe a few weeks, I started with uh, nightmares, like not not your normal nightmare. This was really graphic. The lady who had been uh, at the scene dead, she was now stood at the end of my bed but in the state she was in, but now stood up, you know, looking Fuck, at That's me. just like, that. that is literally what they, on a film. Yeah. And, li- literally. And honestly, mate, I, you know, I don't say I'm a, I'm, I'm a tough guy because I'm not, but I shit myself. I'm, I'm, I'm waking up and I'm sweating and I could see almost, and it was at the point where I, I would think, am I still asleep? Psychos, sleep, yeah. sleep psychos, yeah. I, I think that's what they call, you know, am I still asleep or 
Oh, God, I've had that. I've had it twice. Yeah. And it knocks the fuck out of you. So that happened and started to happen regular. And bearing in mind, I'm still going to work and I'm still doing the role I'm doing. And as time went on, I decided that I'm going to take a bit of night nurse. This will help me get to sleep. Because I've had it before. You know, just you felt shit. You've had a cold, take it. And it does knock you out. Um, So I thought, right, I'll finish shifts. Whether it's a late shift, I finish at midnight, get home, and I'll neck some of this. And we're not talking the prescribed amount. It was like... Full bottle, yeah. Yeah, I'll neck it. Great, knocked me out. Um, But in the morning, you felt... I can only, it's like a hangover, you know, like you've been pissed the night before. Um, so that became an issue because I got to a point where I needed that to sleep, or I thought I needed it to sleep, so I would take it. Um, and I would then go to work and gradually things started to change. My ability to tolerate things, people became less and less. My fuse was so so short um my marriage broke down then who who i was married to at the time um because you were well, yeah 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 i decided you know you, you push those people away don't you and there was other issues you know don't get me wrong but anyway you know the marriage ended and i carried on in firearms um the big thing for me was i knew that something was going on but I didn't want to think about it I didn't want to know about it because a I was concerned that what happens if I put my hand up and say yeah 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 it's good that you got an awareness though that's probably the most important thing is that you you something's not quite right here yeah and I would think that but I'd soon bat that off that feeling and because uh, I would urge anyone listening that if you know there's something that's not right it's very easy to bury your head and that's what i did yeah but anyone you know please 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 if you if you're starting to see signs that things are not you know please talk please you know because it 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 it, it can get better but sometimes it doesn't and i would say more often doesn't and and part of the reason us having this chat is that hopefully from what they'll glean from me and you having this is that don't bury your head. If something doesn't feel right for you, then it's not right. Is it right? On Christmas, on Christmas is a really bad time for me. And uh, I think this is like my third sober Christmas. Right. And um, it was Boxing Day. And I was like, I knew I wasn't feeling good. I could feel it. Yeah. Been pressing it down, pressing it down, pressing it down, um, and really early Boxing Day morning went for a walk. Came back and I'd upset my mum and dad. They're not together, um, not intentionally, but like a rattlesnake backed into a corner. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my dad said, um, "You've you've upset your mum because they don't live together. She, she'd driven back, and he said, you know, um, what's going on? Blah blah blah." Um, and I couldn't really speak and I could feel it all happening. Right. Uh, and I walked off and burst into tears. This is Boxing Day. I burst into tears and 
so, so I can't take cocaine now or right. drink. Right. So I have to, you know, I, I have to deal with it. Yeah. So rang my best mate. Uh, no, I didn't ring my best mate. I rang his dad. Don't know why. Yeah. Just looking through my phone book, saw my best mate, because I was going to theirs later on, and, and he could tell I wasn't right. And I went round, and he's in the probation service. Right. And um, got there, and I just started crying. And and it, it, I can't reinforce just how much, just how better it is when you're... 100%. When you just... It's like a weight lifted. Oh, and when people say that, it's not an exaggeration. It, it is like a weight lifted. And I... This, this went on and I hid it because for various reasons, I was in a male-dominated testosterone-fueled department. Yeah, we, weakness is, is not an option. Yeah. Um, so there was that. What would the job do with me? Um, you, you know, I'd, would they take my firearms permit off me forever? Would I go back to some desk job, whatever? So... I kept quiet. I went to work, put on the brave face, did my role, did it well, I, I, and carried on doing it well. It was once I got home, things were grim. And was uh, it just intrusive? For how how you know? Are we talking? Um, when you say grim, I'm interested to know what you mean. What lack of motivation to do? Yeah, any, yeah. motivation. Don't care how you look. Yeah, um, motivation. Mate, mates, do you want to, shall we go for a bike ride? Because, you know, into bike, shall we go for on mountain bikes? I'd always find an excuse as to what, I'd say yes, yeah, I, because I, I knew that. it was two weeks away. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to worry about it yet, so I'll say yes. Yeah. That'll get them off my case, because they think I'm going. Once it gets to, I'd say three or four days before, anxiety'd start. You know, yeah, oh, yeah. shit, I've got to meet them. I don't want to meet them. And then you'd find your excuse and, and, and get rid. So you, you don't start to uh, socialise anymore either. I couldn't go in, I wouldn't go into a pub um, because my anxiety levels would go through the roof expecting something to happen. You know, are they going to fight? I'd be scanning the room for like everything. So on, on that note, it got shit. And yeah, eating rubbish. Um, don't want to exercise anymore. Loved my cycling. Knocked that on the head, really. Um, piled the weight on. Um, and I, I ended up getting counselling from the Firearms Association. They's paid for it. I turned up, did oh, numerous weeks, and I just pretended. I knew what I needed to do to make it look like I was all right. Um, and that's what I did. And, and off we went, carried on again. Probably another year or so goes by where... It's like that pretending. And then we get to, um, I don't know, 2019, were we? When it got really shit, as in, I want to end it now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that I, just scare me, that. Um, because how, yeah. It, yeah, it's really tough, isn't it? Someone, um, a cyclist recently has committed suicide. I saw, yeah, I, I saw that. And, Louis Westra, yeah. great site, un unbelievable. And I did a bit of digging into the story. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, I was wondering if you had done and what the info is on it, really. Because I remember when he retired, 
I think he retired at about 33, 34. He right. won three days of the pan. I think he won a stage of the crowd team to Dauphiné. Um, strong as hell. Right. And very open about performance enhancing drugs. Now, someone who knew him messaged me and said, really struggled for the seven years after. Something um, about his wife. Started drinking, isolated himself. Started riding a little bit and started drinking again a little bit. Uh, and then enough was enough. So um, it does scare me that, um, that 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 could happen to, you know, make because at the moment, you know, I'm all right. And when, but when you have down days and you have dips, who, who knows that you're not going to have that strength to go, oh, fuck it. I can't be asked anymore. Yeah. And because it's taken away from you. Yeah. And the, it, how, how I can dis, it got so hard to put on this brave face um, at work and, you know, just everything, um, you know, feeling shite, you don't want to do anything. And you start thinking, well, actually, I want my brain to stop running at 400 mile an hour, thinking about everything, whether that's, you know, they're going to start, I can't go for a meal because I'm worried about somebody having a fight in a pub. Uh, flashbacks of this, flashbacks. So I started thinking, well, there's only one way to stop that. And that's, you know, just end it, end it. And, you know, the reality was that I sat in the cubicle at the Nick Boggs, sat in there, bearing in mind I'm carrying a loaded sidearm, which is always on my side. So a Glock 17 pistol. And I'm sat in the toilet and I think, fuck it. Um, you know, I can stick this in my gob and that'll be it. How likely on a scale of one to 10 were you to, 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 to go ahead and complete? The- well, I, th- I thought about it going to work for numerous days. And I think I was out of one to 10, I was think I was, I was at like a seven. I was like thinking, no, this is it. And the thing that, when I look back now, the good thing for me is I still had a rational part of my brain doing its thing because my best mate within the police, he was going through issues with his wife who was having, she had breast cancer at the time and sadly passed away um, a few years later. And I was sat in there and thought, he's on duty with me. Um, If I do this, I'm a selfish prick because he's got to deal with it and he's got his missus. So I didn't, and um, then, like you say, you have spikes where maybe I forgot about that for a few weeks. Something maybe took my, you know, I maybe got a bit of a. I was always chasing a high as well. Yeah, whether that, that's normal. Yeah, whether I was one, I always did things that were extreme. You know, I rang a mate, said, "Shall we go to Spain and do the bull run? Do you know the Pamplona bull run? Shall we jump out of an aeroplane?" I was always chasing shit like that. Because my mum would always be like, what's my way? You know, you know, you do this job, don't you get enough eyes from that? Um, so I, I was still shit. I was having moments where I'd drive along thinking that um, I could drive into that truck. Shall I drive into that truck? Do you think that's quite normal, though, for people to think like that? I think people think, I, I think that that's more normal than you think. Possibly, but I'd never experienced it. I'd never experienced that before. Um, and 
we move on where this is now, and I'm I'm with a new um, my partner who I'm with now, uh, Deborah, and she she had kids already, so they've come into my life, yeah. and and I've now got a a young daughter at the time, yeah, and one of the biggest changes in me was at home. Um, I was obviously trying to, when I met Deborah, I was putting on, I was acting like you think you should act, you know, the gentleman, this, the, all, all the, the, the bollocks that you, you want to portray that I'm a, I'm a nice bloke. And as time went on, I'd be more angry over shit things. The, the girls could spill a, a bit of milk on the floor. I would go absolutely crackers about it. My, my temper was shit. Yeah. Yeah. To the point that the girls would whisper to mum and dad, uh, to mum, because they don't speak to dad. And I saw that happen in the house and I went into the garage and I cried my eyes out. I was absolutely devastated. Yeah. They were there whispering, you know, mummy can I have, the-? and they were only asking for a frigging chocolate bar out the cupboard. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But they wouldn't ask me. So that, that that's where it got to. And ultimately, that's when I put my hand up to the job and said, I need help now. You know, I can't go on like this. I'd, I'd lost colleagues already through suicide within the police. Um, numerous have, have ended their lives over the last three or four years. Really? Is it that? Yeah. And I'm not exaggerating, mate. It's, it's getting ridiculous. So I put my hand up, need help. Anyway, I go through, it soon became apparent that the trained in hockey, hockey elf, they weren't trained enough to deal with me. They were like, we think this is PTSD. We're not trained for this. So I ended up going to, through the NHS. And the biggest law at that point was going to a place in Hull for a assessment and a mental health assessment. And I go into this place and I'm looking around thinking, holy shit, these are people that I would bring in on a daily basis. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Who you, You'd arrested them for their own safety. Yeah. Uh, mental health act to get to get them somewhere safe. And I'm sat there, mate, and I'm thinking, what has happened to me? And then I go into a room where all the furniture's bolted to the floor so you can't pick it up and chuck it around. Um, a proper secure door, nurse comes in, shuts the door. And still it's not clicked to what level this has got to. You know, I'm still, and we go through all the discussions, um, you know, do you contemplate suicide? How often do you do? And it was a lot, you know, contemplating a lot. Every, every week, every week without fail, I would be at the stages of planning, how would I do it? Um, she went away, came back and she said that, we're happy we're not going to section you. And those words, mate, when she said that, I absolutely, I don't know, I, I shit myself and thought, what? What? what we I didn't even know that was on the cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But caught, when I look, but of course it was on the cards. Yeah, I've been there in my role. Of course it's on the cards. Um, they were happy with the network that I had at home to make sure nothing happened. And then I went immediately, I was fast-tracked to having a psychiatrist. Once a week? Or? Once a week. Um, she wanted more than that. Um, and I had that for a good year. Did you have to pay? Or? No, mm. no. They put me on high high risk. Uh, it was it was pretty quick. Um, and I, I'd seen a, 
mental health. Uh, I've been to the mental health center in Beverly, seen a guy there. He then said, you, we, you need a psychiatrist, really. Um, they and made, did they put you on medication? As yeah, well? uh, sertraline. Yeah. Um, How did you find that? I didn't want to take it out of pure pride. Hmm. Did you get helped? Um, it, I, I think it put me on a, a bit of a even keel, Yeah, I think. That's what I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, I started quite high on 150 milligram. They give me 50 to start the usual and they built, and, and it was out, it was doing nothing. So 150, once you've got yourself through the side effects of the actual drug. Um, you're all right then. You're all right then. And and it was, it did put me on an even, I felt, it's weird, I felt happier, I think. Yeah. Well. Or I, was I just normal now? That, that's, yeah, that's what I say. It, yeah. It, yeah. It, you know, I felt happier, but what, in fact, like we've just said, we were more on a normal keel. Yeah. Um, I still didn't like taking it and I have, uh, I'm still on it, but I have moments where I decide I'm not on it and I will just stop taking it and that still happens. Um, and I get a lot of shit from that, from the missus, um, because I'll go forth. It's quite quick out your system, sertraline, uh, as in days it's, it's gone. Um, and within four or five days of me not taking it, she doesn't know that. And we're talking recently, you know, this is still, she'll say, have you stopped taking your meds? Because she can tell by my mood, you know. Um, why I do that, I don't know. I don't know if it's a bit of a pride thing. I don't need these anymore. I don't know what it is. Um, I'm, I'm on more even keel with them now, but I, that isn't to say that in a month's time, I'll decide that I'm not taking them again. Not by any advice from the doctor. Uh, I should be seeing the psychiatrist for another year. I've sacked it off. Yeah, I'm doing that at the moment. And it, I think it's like four months in now and it does feel a bit, it's starting to get a bit samey. That's the problem I admit. Yeah, it's just getting a bit. I felt like it, where we're going. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, within that we were looking at, um, I'd had CBT uh, therapy, uh, cognitive behavioural. Uh, therapy didn't do anything for me at all trying to train your brain about thinking differently no it didn't didn't work um and then um we had uh emdr was what we were gonna start the psychiatrist was gonna start on because she said that uh talking wasn't enough for me um so we were looking at this emdr um we did it once What's that? It's eye movement, um, desensitization, something. Uh, it's bizarre, mate. When she, when the guy who put me onto it and he was going to be delivering it, when they explained about it, I thought this sounds a complete load of bollocks. If so, I'm honest, so what do they do? So basically, it's it's by using eye movement, they can use their finger. For this process, he uses a light that. You remember Night Rider front of his car? Yeah. It was like that, mate. It, it goes from one side to the other. They then try and get you to recall the bad memories. And it's something to do with the light and uh, the movement of your eye changes things in your brain. People have had it and said it's worked wonders for them. You know. Um, when did, you, did you do for call? I, I had it once. They started one session 
I, w- I left the, the building. Within 10 minutes, I was covered in cold sores on my lips. And I, that, that in, for me, that wasn't a um, coincidence. I just think my body had just gone, fuck. And, you know, because I only get them when I'm, things are low, whether it's your immune system and that. Yeah. So I sacked it off. I, I know colleagues that have had it and they had to sack it off because it made things worse. That then scared me, you see, because I thought, is this making me worse? Is it my body, like, don't want it? So I didn't do it. Went back to just the discussions. Like you, I got to a point where I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to talk about the bad stuff anymore with and try and make sense of everything. So I stopped much to their sort of... um, advice saying you, you need to do this but only you know yeah and and ultimately they did try and I, and i can't fault them for trying but um yeah it won't for me um and and then i threw myself back into cycling basically and but you can only do that when you're ready can't you yeah, yeah, yeah. well the problem i had is i with the overeating not looking after yourself um, I had some blood tests and doctor said you're um, borderline uh, diabetic. Yeah. And then it's almost the last thing you want to do is get on a bike because you just feel like shit. Yeah, and that's why I was here because I'd stopped all that stuff. The The thing that initially changed is he said, you know, type two, you're borderline. That was a massive shock because I'd always kept fit, healthy for my role and everything. I became obsessed with cycling, not not in a good way, I became obsessed with, I have to exercise now to get that blood level back down. Uh, as crazy as it is, I was focused on that, not on my mental health. It was this, because I could see it, I think. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. It becomes... It was something I could, it was tangible. You know, it's there in black and white. It gives where, you a goal. It yeah. gives you a, a, a sense of, I know what to do and it's physical, yeah. while the other stuff's... Yeah, Mental. and and I couldn't see sort of see that, whereas this was there in the, you know, here's the figure. So I threw myself into cycling in an obsessed manner to eat. If I wanted to eat, I had to cycle first. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Three times a day on the bike, whether that was out. Fucking hell. On the trainer. Are you oh, training for a Grand Tour? Oh, mate, honestly, it was mental. It was absolute. I, I but lot. that doesn't last. No, and I, I, I dropped... Two stone in probably three months. Um, contacted the doc. This is how focused I contacted the doctor after about four months, five months, and said, "Right, can we have another blood test?" And no, I don't. We don't usually do it for twelve months. Um, well, I want one, you know. So they give me one, and the doctor was like, "Basically, yeah, it's back to normal. How, how you kind of done that, you know?" And I said, "Well, he knew everything that was going on by this yeah, stage, yeah, yeah. but I said I'm obsessed." <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. Um, we're now in a better place with cycling. Good. I, I love it. You know, I've, I've got the mountain biking. How many times do you, do, you, do you don't punish yourself if you don't go out? You just... Um, it's still there a little bit. Yeah. It's still there a little bit. Um, and I have picked it up again. Um, but I've set myself targets for, a you know, I, I set myself, I did the coast to coast last year in the day, you know, from sea uh, scale to Whitby. Nice. Um, I bought myself a new road bike, treated myself to a new road, the SL7. Nice. 
I blew a wad, a wad of cash on it, mate, because it makes me happy. Good. I've, I've, I've just, I've, uh, I'm going to try and do the Struggle Dales right. on May the 4th. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've looked at, you know, I've I've entered a few um, and I've done all right as well um, for an old boy compared to the young spunkers that fly off. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I saw them fly off and I'm thinking, I'll see you in about 100 mile, you know. But I am in a better place. I love the cycling. Um and for me, so happy to hear that. Yeah, it's not so happy to hear that. It's not a from ten minutes, fifty minutes ago when you were a seven out of ten to killing yourself to to hearing that. Nothing makes me happier. And you know, I've got a better relationship with the girls. They're not scared. They they know that you know, daddy has his moments, and I do. You know, I'm not. I'm well. You're human. Yeah, and 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 I, and I do. And I, but now I know what. It is. Uh, Deborah knows what it is. At that time, back then, she's thinking, does he not want to be with me anymore? We're mm. not intimate. I, I had no emotions, mate. I couldn't cry. If my daughter fell in front of me, and this is no... If she fell in front of me and hurt herself and started crying, I would walk out the room. Do you know, it's funny you say that because um, the intimacy thing, yeah, I struggled with that. Everything went. Yeah, you just... You, Nothing. It's like a robot. Yeah. And so she's obviously back then thinking, is he having an affair? Is he not in love with me? It's just the last thing on your mind. Yeah. And it's just, you're just not interested um, because there's other things going on in your head. But, you know, for me, like I've said before to other people, I've exper now I've experienced it and all this stigma that we've we've had in the past about mental health and we've just discussed, you know, cyclists and, and in many sports they finish and they don't know what to do do they um gaza look at mm, yeah you, yeah you know what i mean yeah. yeah maradona yeah um it's sad really and i think that you know what you do with this podcast is amazing because it's a way that it reaches out to people that you know can listen to it and think that um it's not bad to feel like this. No, it's normal. You know. It's absolutely. Yeah. It's as normal to feel like that as it is to feel good. Yeah. You know, shit happens. That's life. Um, and the you, idiots on Instagram, and I'm going to call them idiots because they are, you know, who put all this, you know, it's all fucking lies. And it's getting to the point where I'm really close to like deleting Instagram. I really don't want to be on it. Well, social media for me is... I'm only I, on it because I don't have Facebook, I don't have a personal Instagram, and I'm only on it because of this. Yeah, and I... and I don't, But I don't want to be on it. I'm the same with... The only reason I'm on Facebook is ultimately it gains me access to if I'm riding an event. A lot of the companies still post updates and details. Yeah, like Velo29. Yeah, and I'd that. love not to be on it. Same as Instagram. And I worry for my, my daughters what the hell it's going to be like. Yeah. Because um, they feel that they have to conform to this stereotypical whatever it is that these people post. It's just all the same shit about having an ice, an ice bath at 4am and um, going to the gym at 5am and fuck off. Yeah. Like maybe 0.1% of the population do that. Correct. You absolute idiot. It, it's, it's portraying images that 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 are right they are, that isn't the norm and all these posts of like you know 
do, do any of them ever post about having a shit day? It's just mo- motivational music. It's black and white, some moody music. Yeah. Hey, man, uh, if you want to get a life, you've got to fucking, you've got to fucking like get up at fucking 5 a.m., motherfucker. And you gotta, you know, you 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 wanna you wanna fucking grind for that life. I'm like, when when when's this become a thing? Correct. The, the, most of us are just trying to get by. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and life will throw you these curveballs. And for me, people that listen to this, I think if they take away that they listen to it and think, actually, yeah, I feel a bit like that. I feel a bit shit. I feel even if you get to the stage where we've discussed it, where you feel that the only option is I've got to end it. That That isn't the only option. I've, I've, I've lost colleagues who've thought that was the only option and it angers me with them. I'm pissed off with them that they thought that was the only option because it isn't. And I've been there and there's always, like you said earlier, you, you, you spoke to your mate's dad or, or whoever it was. Yeah. There's always somebody to ring. I, that, that's what I do. That's why yeah. I I get on the phone. Yeah. I um, get on the phone. And as blokes, we're notoriously shit at that. Yeah. And 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 I think when your best mates, your good mates, I always think that when they say, if you go up to your mate and say, now then, you're all right. And they say, yeah, I'm fine. It's always worth that second ask. Mm. Are you sure you're all right, mate? You know what I mean? You're giving them that come on, tell me, I'm your, I'm your mate. Yeah. Tell me exactly what it is. And like we've said, it's a weight lifted in it, I think. It's weight lifted. And it's, it's you know, I'm so glad you've come over today and I'm so I'm so glad we've had this chance to chat. Um, I can see why people want to listen to you. Um, and I think it's, it is, um, it's really refreshing. It's, it's really nice to have two blokes, you know, from Yorkshire, you're from East, I'm from North, yeah. uh, who have just, you know, first time we've met, we're chatting, we've got similar stories. You know, we're both on on a journey um, where the end goal, we don't know what that is. No. Uh, and that's the beauty of it. You know, I, I will always probably have depression. Um, and, you know, I'm still navigating, you know, I'm 34, uh, I'm not proud about having depression. I'm not like one of these people who's going to wear it with a, a badge and yeah, go, yeah, hey, yeah. but, you know, it, it's a part of me. It, it, it's who Tom Bustard is. Yeah. And, it, and it's something that I'm, it is something that um, I just want people, I suppose I kind of want people to know, like, um, it, it is shit in the moment. It can be very overwhelming. Yeah when you're having a bad day. Yeah, and they can be really bad, can't they? They, And you can think, can't do this, cannot do this, like that 26. And even this week and last week, I've I've been pretty, I've been pretty low recently. My friends will know, I've been pretty low. Um, It's January. Yeah, it's it's a shit month anyway, mate. Liverpool Liverpool are doing shit. Yeah, I mean, that's good for, (laughs) that's a good month for me, like. Yeah. Liverpool are doing crap and uh, but hey look we'll get through it that's what we do yeah Steve uh, Steve Lee um, it's been uh, it's been it's, it's been a pleasure it's been a real no, ple- I appreciate it. it's been a real pleasure to, to have you here and yeah. to see um, to hear such a great story yeah no problem um, you know uh, from good to bad to good yeah yeah 
uh, it's it's inspirational and and, and, and I'm, I'm sure there's people who are in the services who will listen to this and go do you know what? i can kind of identify with that a little bit well, i hope so mate. i hope so but yeah thanks very much i appreciate it any know. any any time and safe travels home yeah thanks mate